which aims to get more people growing, gardening and cooking from scratch, whether you're 5 or 85, with a focus on encouraging more children into the garden and into the kitchen. In today's episode, I chat with Rebecca McHugh, who co-farms Arne Pryor Farm in Stirlingshire with her husband Duncan, as they prepare for lambing season, a very busy time of year for them indeed. And I will also be recapping what to do in and around the garden as the snow begins to melt, has melted and the days begin to stretch as we fast approach my favourite time of year, spring. But first, it's real bread week this week. Now, I love bread, but admittedly, my bread making skills are a little rusty, as I explored with James Morton in our last episode. But making bread is a great and cheap activity to do with kids. And if you want a super easy and super speedy bread recipe, then soda bread is a great bread to bake. And it's also a really good introductory step to bread making. So I was going to make this with Ivor while the other two were at nursery and school, but he's gone off for a power nap. So I'm going to talk you through the recipe, which is from a really, really great book if you want to get more children making bread with you which my lovely friend Eileen let me borrow, and it's called Making Bread Together. So it's a 60-minute soda bread recipe. So you need to begin by preheating the oven to 250 degrees Celsius, and you'll also need a deep roasting tray. So to begin with, um, you'll need to mix 400 grams of strong bread flour, along with two teaspoons of salt, and a tablespoon of bicarbonate or baking soda. Make sure you sift all of this to make sure you get all the lumps out of it. And then into this, you want to add 300 grams of full fat milk into the dry mixture. And you want to combine all the ingredients so that it all comes together. Scoop the mixture out of the mixing bowl and using a plastic scraper, place it on your prepared baking tray and sprinkle it over with a little bit of extra flour. Now, place the loaf on your tray in the preheated oven and pour a cup of water on the hot roasting tray for it to steam. And um, just make sure that you're supervising uh, children when you're working around the oven just to prevent any nasty burns. Lower the oven from 180 to 200 degrees Celsius and then you simply want to bake your bread for between 20 and 30 minutes before removing it from the oven and you will have a beautiful and very rustic bread recipe which I recommend that you slather with butter. I was itching to get sowing um, seeds with the kids last week. I think I was just looking for a something to do and uh, hopefully it would have speeded up the next few weeks. Anyway, I have started off some tomatoes, chilies and peppers as well as some more sweet peas. But don't worry if you haven't. It's a lot colder up here in Scotland compared to down south. So any time between now and the end of March and even into April, is absolutely 
fine to start sowing any of the above mentioned seeds. But why sow seeds and not plug plants? Well, firstly, it's a lot cheaper. Seeds are cheaper and you get a wider selection and it's also much more sustainable because there's less plastic involved and especially if you collect your own seeds, something I'll be talking more about with Samantha from Seedology in the coming weeks. And also there is something just so satisfying about sowing a seed, watching it germinate and growing before flowering and then producing the goods which may or may not come into the kitchen. Now, homegrown tomatoes are a great one to do at home with kids and they really, really remind me of my childhood. My grandmother grew and still does grow exceptionally tasty tomatoes. The smell of the vines and the leaves alone are worth growing your own. And once you've grown your own, you'll never buy a shop-bought tomato again. Plus, growing different varieties will provide you with a rainbow of colour on your plate because not all, rain um, not all tomatoes are red. So to start off with, you will need a clean tin can, either a baked bean can or tin tomatoes. Make a couple of holes in the bottom of your tin and that will allow for drainage when you're watering. Fill your tin with some compost. So one seed per tin and lightly cover with a bit more compost. Lightly water and keep it on a sunny windowsill on a plate. And once the plant is about seven centimetres, move it into a bigger pot. And then as the days begin to get sunnier and warmer into May time, you can move into either a bigger pot or a grow bag outside. And if you're lucky enough, you can pop them into a, a greenhouse if you have one of those. And in terms of varieties, um, I love Ailsa Craig um, Moneymaker and also Gardener's Delight. These are all super tasty and super yummy tomatoes. So if you give those uh, a look and try and get a hold of some of those seeds, that should set you up for growing your own tomatoes this year. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I recently had the opportunity to speak with former TV and film prop buyer, uh, who is now one half of Prior Farm and mother of three, um, Rebecca McCune, who grew up on a farm in Galloway near to myself. So it's a really, really small, small world. As well as growing pumpkins, Rebecca and her husband Duncan also breed sheep. And whilst pumpkin season is a while off, the family are currently gearing up for the busiest time of year in their farming farming calendar, that being lambing season. Enjoy our chat. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Helen. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Long time no speak. I feel it's been ages since I even saw you. <laughs> Oh, I know. And I think everybody's sort of lost time at the moment as well, because they don't know what month it is or what year it even is. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what day it is, Rebecca, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things? How's it all going, given yeah. the, the circumstances? Yeah, no, things are good. I think we await every sort of Tuesday or Wednesday, it seems, for a ScotGov announcement, just with, you know, knowing when restrictions will change. You know, there's two sides of me there's the side that you want to hear about the education and when my kids can go back to school and then yeah. the side of me that just wants to know when we can start opening our diversification businesses up so 
you know, the Tuesday announcement there, it was nice to hear Aaron, who's in P1, will be going back. But I've got a P7, so I really do want him back. No. I don't know when that will be. And then, obviously, the business side, I have no idea when she's going to open up, um, you know, open up um, self-catering or even, like, her swimming pool because... I think with our swimming pool facility, it's such a private facility, it'd be wonderful to get it open because it's so good for exercise and for people's sort of mental health, which is such a strong thing at the moment. But oh, um, yeah. it unfortunately comes under leisure centre, which it's not, you know. It, oh. It's that kind of unknown. But I've, I've done a, a few emails away to people like MSPs today and who knows, you know, if, if it will be... a an answer back or a generic reply so it's, it's so hard I had the same conversation with my mum and dad mm -hmm. this evening because obviously they've got diversification on their farm um down in Stranar and it's just yeah. just the unknown and just not knowing I know um, no support for the self-catering um industry and I think that's a real blow because so many people you know it is such a big part of their income and like our businesses it's got a little bit of leisure with the pool and we've got our, our glamping pods which can come under self-catering and then obviously there's a farm so at the moment it's the farm that's supporting the other two enterprises and you know but really you know to we've got our um our glamping pods are full in april so the thought of having to refund you know a full up april just makes me feel a little bit sick so i'm hoping Oh, I know. I'm like, but I really don't know. I think March will have a better idea, won't we? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think people forget with farming is the, one of the main reasons over the last sort of 10 years so many farms have diversified Absolutely. is because to allow them to earn more money and keep the farm running as well. I, I don't think people quite grasp that. I know. I know that's the thing. Like it's, you know, we're primarily farmers, but the reason that we did look into diversifications is because... Well, you don't get as much money for your lamb um, or we no mm -hmm. longer have beef. But, you know, the way everything you, know, you need to sort of have different, you know, strings to your bow just to make it all um, to make it all work. And never did we think when we opened our diversification in 2019 that we would be closed for like over 100 in 2020. And then who knows how many days in 2021. But um but we'll see how, yeah, we'll see what happens over the, in the next few weeks. Totally, totally. Okay, so away from COVID and all things virus related, uh, let's talk about you, Rebecca, and how you got to where you are at the moment, because many people might not realise that you are actually, um, you and your husband, Duncan, and your family have a farm, Arn Pryor, mm -hmm. um, in Stirlingshire, but prior to that, before you met Duncan, you were a TV and film prop buyer, and then you turned farmer's wife, in inverted commas, I hate that term, I really dislike it, <laughs> because you co-farm with Duncan, uh, you're you're out there doing as much as he is, but you also, you were brought up on a farm in Galloway, where I'm from, on the southwest coast of Scotland, so it's it's obviously in your blood. Yeah, um, I know we've both left the sunny climes of the of the southwest, oh. <laughs> um, or more, maybe more warmer than sunnier. Um, aye. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I, I um, yes, I did. I'm from a, a sheep and beef farm down in Galloway, and um, and then in 
yeah and then I went off to uni and I studied media and cultural studies and that was in Edinburgh and Duncan was at Agricultural College in Edinburgh and yeah met him there and then got together at the Highlands listening to Grow, Cook, Inspire and despite this being series two I am still trying to grapple with this podcast malarkey hence the technical difficulties. Hello. Hello sorry it's my reception I'm going to move. Uh, you were saying that you met him at the Highland Show where um, many a good romance begins. <laughs> so, so that was 2004 and then um, he came home to um, to farm alongside his dad um, on his farm in Armprior in Stirlingshire and I lived in Glasgow for a wee while and was yeah worked in TV and film so it varied from everything from Monarch of the Glen to River City to um, yeah and then fight a few children's programs so yeah no it was it was brilliant and I loved uh, what I did in TV but you know really it was a sort of I wanted to get more involved in the farm and um and then when I when we got married and had kids there wasn't really an opportunity where I could you know work in TV and you know bring up my three children so that's when I looked into um yes I think looking into diversify what we could do here at Arm Prior um yeah so so the farm you've got many people will know Arm Prior as Scotland's sort of first pumpkin patch mm-hmm. Uh, which has been running for how long now? Uh, Is it six years? Yes, so this will be our seventh year. Yes, so it's um, we started it in 2015 um, and every year it's just sort of, yeah, we've kind of grown it every year and for the last few years we've just kind of plateaued and we're keeping it, yeah, just how it is and we sort of just need to, yeah, every year make it a little bit better, um, improve it a little bit more and from doing the pumpkins in 2015 it then sort of gave us the, um, idea to you know have another sort of uh, farming experience and then we looked into a lambing experience um sorry it's a dog walking into my sitting room <laughs> oh that's okay <laughs> um yes yeah, so we um then did our lambing experience in 2016 and that was inviting people onto our farm to witness lambing no that's interesting because one of the good things that have come out of the last sort of 12 months and I think it was maybe gradually building is that more people have become more aware of where their food comes from and are more interested in sort of countryside matters because I think they've been spending more time at home Mm -hmm. so do you feel that there there's a need or there's a there's people wanting to find out more about what goes on behind the scenes on farms like yourself um yeah so I feel in 2020 um there was a a really interesting um a really interesting lamathon which was set up by Go Rural and there was farms Uh throughout Scotland that started doing like an online lambing experience um, that then followed on to farm tours and I know Caroline that runs Go Rural really got a fantastic selection of farms to um, showcase themselves on on the internet. I think it was through yeah Facebook Live. I think we did one in May um, okay. and she was really, you know, she had so much um, positive feedback and great um, viewer, you know, viewer numbers. So, you know, that was really good to see so many people um, embracing not embracing what's the word when you yeah they really enjoyed uh, tuning 
yeah arms. so that was really it's yeah it's such an amazing thing though lanning because i mean i think you and i probably take it for granted mm. um but when people have never seen a lamb being born the sort of awe and amazement on their face is it's quite something i know no people really are in awe i think when they do see the actual alive thing being born and I think especially when you're watching a lamb being born and you see how quickly it goes to stand up and then go into suckle I think for people watching that for the first time it really is pretty pretty inspiring so um yeah that's what um we just love that's why we love doing our lamb experience because we have 30 people that come every hour we have eight slots you know throughout the day and you know, we've got a group of people that just want to see and learn more about what we do. And, you know, what we really love about it as well is the, you know, it's people coming with absolutely no knowledge onto the farm. They've been fed stuff in the media about, you know, quite often there's a lot of negative press around farming. And, um, absolutely, and, you know, they can't mm -hmm. believe the welfare. They can't believe the love and compassion a farmer has for their stock. You know, there's so much you know to be I think out you know there's so much to teach people about you know at the end of the day the farmer loves their animals oh totally that's what um, we love and we've even had like vegetarians coming to the farm and they're like oh my goodness we we didn't realize how much care goes in and that you really feel that you've you, you know you've taught them something so that's been good Oh no, the love that goes in to farming, um, especially in Scotland, where it is such a sustainable uh, practice in Scotland, and there is so much love and care that goes into animals. I mean, I've seen grown men sort of cry when things haven't gone uh, gone right, yeah. um, because they are. It's part of the family, uh, totally. No, that's really, really good. Um, I'll come on to sort of sustainability um, later on, but um, going back to the lambing, you're obviously lambing season is just around the corner sort of April May time for you <laughs> how how many ewes have you got lambing and you recently did your scanning because you you captured that online for everybody so how many are you expecting in the month yeah ahead? so we've scanned uh, two lots of our sheep so we've got 1400 sheep lambing this year um so we've got um over 900 of those are indoors and then the rest will be outdoors so the outdoor sheep they start towards the end of, I don't know, probably towards the end of April, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think there, there's, yeah, four, just, I'm just trying to do my math here. I think there's just kind of over about 300 chibis and they're all our outdoor breeds. Okay. Our outdoor breeds, sorry. And then um, the 900, just over 900 that are lambing indoors, they are, um, they start on the 1st of April. Oh, wow. Okay. And do you have any help coming in to help with lambing or is it just you and Duncan? Or... Yeah, so we, we, as I said before, we run the farm with Duncan's dad and his mum. Yeah. So how it works, sort of, we have Duncan and his dad, his mum, myself, and we have a guy that works for us called Aaron. So, um, okay. so we do, I think Aaron will probably concentrate more on the sort of field work. So then it lets Duncan concentrate on sort of getting his sheep um, sheep work done and um, we quite often have Glasgow Uni vet students um, but this year we didn't have any last year because of Covid and who knows that, but it's uh -huh. looking more unlikely that you know it will just be our, it will probably won't be able to have any students so so we'll that's tough it's like it's a good job you've got three kids well, they can roll up thing. their sleeves so, it's 
Evan, he's yeah, he's really involved and he quite often he he um helps me put all the sheep outside during the day once after they've lambed they go into like a communal area for a day and then after they've been in mm-hmm. the communal area we like to get the sheep out to grass as soon as possible so he'll quite often help me do that um Duncan and his mum are doing the night shift this year and his dad does the early morning into day and then I'll do where I can amongst um childcare. So. <laughs> well see that's the thing like home learning is so hard it's awful I mean I have hated every minute of it and I've actually only got one that I'm doing any home learning with because the other two are are so little but and I really feel like god what I would give for like my I would give my left arm to be at mum and dad's farm at the moment because on the plus side the kids have got this environment which is a different sort of learning environment and something you can't put a price on and you just don't learn that sort of stuff in a classroom, I think that's you? why lock time first time round because it started at the end of March beginning of April we were straight into lambing I didn't have this sort of pressure to actually teach them what the school was giving us I felt that I was teaching them the best sort of life skills I could with them being out in the shed then then me mm-hmm. hit and I had the, the the guilt that I had taught them nothing so straight back into to Google Classroom but um but no I feel <sighs> You know, at least this time, you know, while it's our Easter holidays, which is the first two weeks in April, the kids will be out with me absolutely, you know, every day and they'll just get stuck in. And luckily, like Erin, who's my youngest, she just will sit herself around the pet lambs and she's quite happy playing with them. I say this now, who knows what, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what will happen come the first day of April. But last year yeah the weather was so good last year as well and even for them just to be out in the farm playing about feeding you know filling water buckets and you know putting silage in pens you know it does make a difference and oh totally totally no they're they're really fortunate um and Erin sounds a bit like me I I would spend most of my time with the pet lambs as well it's quite fun quite fun now um we spoke briefly that obviously at the start of 2020, before the pandemic, farming was coming under a bit of attack. And uh, but I think the one thing, another silver lining from the last 12 months is the highlight and the spotlight that's been put on farmers in terms of the work that they're doing up and down the country to feed us and also the work that they're doing to ensure that their practices are sustainable and the work that you do to protect the environment and and wildlife as well and I know that you're doing a sort of agri-environmental scheme I think it's the birds and the bees is that right oh hello I'm still here yeah still there yep did you yeah, catch no, I that it all yeah no so our bird project okay. um, so it's run by um, Sandra Stewart, who is, she's involved with obviously the birds and the bees and it's all a lot of what happens on the cars of Stirling. So um, our scheme that we've got going is we've got native um, wildflower species. Um, it's, you know, sown in hedgerows. Duncan will be the better one versed in actual official names of what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, to try and encourage obviously birds and bees we've got um different bird boxes going up around the farm to encourage that as well as a big owl box and um, we've got a bee um a, I, I call them bee hotels because that's what the kids used to do at nursery but you know 
it's for the bees to yeah. uh, bumblebees to live in and um obviously as well as the bird boxes um all the sort of i think there was a lot of corn flour for example was uh, planted or sown into one of our hedgerows so it's really just to really encourage um any sort of you know birds and bees to <laughs> you know to come and yeah. yeah feed off feed off the fields because at the end of the day our fields are mostly um grass we've got 80 of barley mm -hmm. but the many of the fields that have barley in them also have you know a little bit of a, a sort of hedgerow um not so much hedgerow but a, a strip of wild flowers growing in them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in terms of your of the sheep how what percentage of your sheep do you sell on for for meat and how many do you keep on the, on the um, farm so the majority are all sold for meat we keep 300 breeding ewes every year so the ones that we keep are from the cheviots and they're um mm -hmm. they're crossed with um one of duncan's um I, i'll probably get it wrong now so i don't want to quote what tup it is basically using from innovus <laughs> which is um it's a it's like a selection of genetics and um he used uh -huh. to actually work for innovus until last year just sort of we used to host the ram sale on our farm but he also um all right he calls it like a glorified salesman for innovus to, to you know get um you know get the tops out and about so there's there um it sort of originates from Aberystwyth and that's where innovus is sort of based so the tops that we use are called Aberfields and they're um, a composite of two breeds, but they've been bred long enough that they've become like a recognised breed um, themselves. So the ewe lambs that, um, that we keep, they've been bred to be, you know, it's like they're, they're known for being, like, you know, quite good and milky. So they're going to be mothers and uh -huh. that's, you know, what we want in our ewe lambs. Cool. So in terms of the meat, it, then the lamb goes to, am I right in saying you sell to oh, Tesco? We've got a right? contract with Tesco. So Duncan is able to forecast for the year of how many lambs he'll, you know, what he'll be giving, uh, selling each month to Tesco. Okay. And then the, the, the buyer from Tesco knows exactly that they're getting yeah. lamb from uh, a Scottish farm. Um, as well and which... it means so for example we know you know come july next year for example oh sorry this year um we'll know you know tesco will know that we will have lamb ready and we will know that we want to sort of fulfill our monthly you know quota for tesco and hope so um yeah uh -huh. we've probably just about finished all our lamb from 2019 now i think we've just got you know a, a sort of few maybe about 20 left I think so it's been really good this year just getting them away sort of every couple of weeks yeah um, my dad had uh, his first trip out today with some lambs down to the market and then he went for a, a game of golf and it was like a complete day it's the simple him. things now isn't it <laughs> I know I was like god that is rock and roll dad oh. all the way to Newton Stewart <laughs> and then back to Port Patrick <laughs> absolutely <laughs> A big day out. Now, listen. Let's talk about what were the what were the challenges over the last twelve months for you, and how have you how have you overcome them and adapted? Um, I suppose looking back to when the yeah, lockdown one started, the biggest challenge would be sort of you know our our first thought was lambing, and then not having the extra help that we would usually have. But we soon got into a way of it, and that 
we you know we quickly overcame it and we realized actually you know it was it was it, it wasn't easy enough but I think with weather being on our side what we thought was going to be a challenge at Lamming not having the extra help ended up being okay um moving into the summer mm-hmm. we still were closed and I think it was the unknown then back in sort of May knowing you had summer holidays in front of you not knowing when you were going to open but then when we did open our glamping paws were full which was really good and then our swim I think our swimming pool opened in end of August then that you know I, I mm-hmm. think what we were lucky with is that when we do open up because for example there is a demand for a swimming pool you know it was it was nice to know that we were full up and then um, I, I, I've got that sort of feeling this time when we do open up everything will be okay it's just when you when we will open yeah. up um, looking to pumpkins, that was, you know, obviously a stress um, probably from the for the whole year up until actually running our pumpkin event, just with the unknown whether we would be allowed to open it. Um, but that was absolutely mm-hmm. fine and we were able to open it. And then the, the tier system actually came in on the Sunday, Monday after our last, I think it was a Monday after our last day. So we were really lucky that that, you mm-hmm. know, ran okay. And then obviously... I don't take so much to do with obviously the accounting side and, you know, the office work that's Duncan's forte, but Brexit was a massive big thing there. Um, I, you know, put my hands up. I'm not very well versed in the whole thing. I just know a no deal would have been absolutely awful for farmers. Um, But that was all, I think that's always Mm -hmm. been a stress at the back of our head, but us having our Tesco deal, for example, or sorry, our Tesco contract with the lambs that has been a, a safety net um, and then now looking into 2021, I think the biggest sort of worry now is is just not knowing when we're going to open our diversifications. I think lambing, mm-hmm. you know, our sheep have scanned really well this year. We've got, you know, a lot of lambs inside them. Weather will always be a worry. I think that's a farm a farmer's worry, isn't it? But <laughs> and especially yeah, when you I know, pumpkins. I've got my pumpkin head on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was my mum's um, <laughs> yesterday obviously I was able to travel to Galloway because we were scanning all our sheep down there so that was a real treat to actually see that um, yeah. be able to visit the farm but you know so that was our second last lot of scanning and then next week or the week after we'll hopefully scan our cheviots so you feel once all the sheep scanning's done we've got all the pens up in the shed lambing takes off but then we quickly get our pumpkin head on and that's when um, seed sowing starts yeah totally totally. i've ordered my seeds (laughs) there's so many pumpkins you could go absolutely crazy there's even squashes all the beautiful squash seeds available there's so many beautiful totally i'm totally addicted (laughs) i'm obsessed (laughs) and what what positives can you take from the last sort of Um, year i think positives oh you get so many fantastic you know feedback from people for you know looking at our pods for example people that have come to stay at our pods um you know it's lovely so many people enjoying just getting getting away but the i suppose the biggest little bit of positivity was all the feedback from our pumpkins people enjoyed you know that day of normality amongst the craziness what what is 2020 you know a lot of people Mm -hmm. hadn't really had a day out as such and they felt when they escaped to Arm Prior for their pumpkin picking, it was back to how it used to be and how we will be again in the next year, we hope. Um, 
And we made actually a lovely little video that um, I haven't properly shared it on social yet just because I can't really work <laughs> work out how to get it downloaded properly. It will come. <laughs> um, it's on Vimeo at the moment. But yeah, it's it's like a nice little cat, like a minute long, just capturing people's comments. And it's really heartwarming to hear people just have fun on the farm. And, you know, this year when I'm looking on to spring, we'll, we're unlikely to do our lambing experience this year. I've not put tickets out for it yet. And my plan is, is to do like a weekly sort of Facebook live of our lambing experience just to let people, you know, plug in, um, log into the farm and just see what we're doing. I think there'll be a huge appetite for that. I'm going to log in because I've totally missed lambing because my parents lamb sort of from Christmas Day. Um, I think they've got one left, some crosses that they just, they ran up um, a Texel top with um, the last remaining Suffolk ewes. So they've got one ewe left to, to lamb. I've totally missed it. And the boys have missed it. So I might get my boys to, to log on as well. So that would be lovely if you could do that. I'd love that, definitely. Excellent, Rebecca. Well, listen, I am going to wish you so much luck and uh, for 2021 even. And uh, I really hope that um, the pods and the pool can can open up because you're so close to Glasgow. It's a lovely getaway um, and you do feel like you're a million miles away. So it'd be really, really good yeah. for you guys uh, to get that up and running. And um, fingers and toes crossed for a successful lambing with lots of healthy Absolutely. lambs, healthy lambs uh, and sunshine that's what we need <laughs> oh definitely definitely right thank you rebecca i really appreciate you Thanks, taking the time bye -bye. To chat. we'll speak soon bye-bye big thank you for tuning in and a special thanks to Rebecca for being my guest this week. Next week I'll be chatting with food writer and author Gilly James ahead of the publication of her new book which she has co-written with Julia Parker, The Little Growers Cookbook and I'll also be cooking one of the recipes from the book. Until next time, keep cooking and growing.